When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. You know who that is, right? No. Mr. Pete Gardner himself. I yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Came right in, dropped God. it on like the first take, and we're like, we're going to use that for every show. We're Thank like, you. what if you just run a couple of these? And he's like, okay. He's like, how oh, about this? <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> then it's just, yeah, you can actually, if you listen closely, mm-hmm. you can hear me laughing in the background <laughs> at his. Uh, at his line readings. Oh, no way. Um, Hi, everybody. That's a sneak preview of our special guest today. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal histories Mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Uh There we go. And and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Bryce Johnson. And our super producer. Riley Bright. And guys, uh, oh boy, we have a little <laughs> bit of housekeeping right up front. We have a fun announcement to make. Yeah. We have two announcements to make on today's episode. One we're going to tell you right now. And then the other you're going to hear at the very end of this episode. Yeah, bookend so announcements. stay tuned. Stay through to the end and then we're going to tell you. The first episode, our first uh, announcement is, guys, we have another live show coming up. Very quickly. Yeah. Nice. Um, we are going to be part of the Fan Expo at Salt Lake. <laughs> Loading. Fan Expo. Michael is not reading Salt Lake this. Comic Convention. <laughs> Jeez. I can't remember if it's It's called. like you're reading out of an old news ad. Like, where, where are we going to be? Uh, pork Chemo Convention Center out of La We are Lahaina? performing Lahaina? in the back of a casino <laughs> off Interstate 15. I'm somewhere. doing that this weekend, man. So. Are you really? Nice. Yeah. Uh, guys, Sweet. we're going to be at the Salt Lake Comic Convention, the Fan X Fall. I thought it was Fan Expo. Fan X Fall. Get a load of this. We are performing mm-hmm. in a special podcast performance with Sister Podcast, A Funny Feeling, hosted by Marcy Giroux and Betsy Sodaro. That's right. We're going to yeah. do the Bigfoot Collectors Club, A Funny Feeling Podcast, Monster Mash at FanX on Saturday, September 7th there at 4 go. o'clock. So once again... There's a paywall to see this show. It's a convention. I don't know how much tickets cost, but we'll be there. Um, so you have to have a ticket to the show to see us. I promise you this is the last show we're going to do 
that you have to. Uh, I mean, the next show we do. <laughs> Don't write checks you can't cash. The <laughs> next show we do, you'll be able to buy a ticket for. I hope and so. And just come see it. But I like that we are just like, come see us. We don't know how much it costs. <laughs> right. I right. don't know where you buy I tickets. Think, I will say this. <laughs> can't be I too believe much. it's a lot cheaper than Contact in the Desert. Yeah. So, um, anyway, four o'clock, come see us and a funny feeling podcast. We're going to put on a great show for you. If you're in the Salt Lake area, definitely come by. Uh, we'll make it worth your while. And if you're, you know, if you're in LA and you want to drive into Salt Lake, how long is that? I've done it. Yeah, it's not, not bad, bad, right? It'll be a fun it's, road trip. It's pretty far. About this seven, eight pretty, hours. It's pretty far. <laughs> it's going to be a fun yeah. show. Um, okay, so there's that. September 7th, it. 4 o'clock p.m. at fanex uh the salt lake comic convention okay i would like to bring in our guest officially this week we have a star of stage and screen Mm -hmm. she's appeared in the big sick girls younger she played the role of heather on crazy ex-girlfriend she currently performs the voice of Mermista on Netflix is... It's actually Mermista. Well, I grew up in the 80s and I always called it Mermista. Mermista. I apologize. (laughs) Mermista on Netflix's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. What? And she can be seen in Jen Silverman's new play, which... That's the name of it. Which? (laughs) At the Geffen Playhouse here in LA from August 20th through September 29th. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Vela Laval. Yay! Hey, guys. <laughs> awesome. Really the most <laughs> Incredible. Hey. Hey. What a great name, Vela um, Laval. I know. Lots we, of Vs and L's. Is that your real yeah. name? It is my real name. What's uh, La- well, actually, is Laval French? No, it's um. Well, apparently, it's um. It's my mom's last name, and apparently, it was um her great grandfather found it on the side of a bus. What? <laughs> like he, yeah, he was Jewish, and he like wanted to change his name for his business or something. I love and that. He, like found it, and then yeah. So you're oh saying your last, God. your full name could have been Vela Greyhound. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probably is Vela Metro. Actually, my fo- my first name, my whole first name was Novella. Which was my mom made it up, and it was just, Novella Lavelle. Yeah, and but That's and it was too. like a Nova, like a constellation of yes. stars, yeah. and Ella. But when I was little and I was learning like yes and no, I thought people were saying no. Novella. Yeah, and I was oh, like, what did I do? <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah, so, right. Yeah, it was confusing. Isn't a novella just also a short book? A small novel. <laughs> yes. mm. Or a Spanish soap opera. I wish your name was Small no- Small yeah. Novel Lavelle. Yeah, I know. Spanish small show- Novel Greyhound. <laughs> yeah. Small Could've Novel Greyhound, me. right. So close. It's your Native American name. Yeah, yeah. Very, um, very close. So... Is Lavelle then a stage name? It's your mom's name. I don't want to no. get too personal. Yeah, let's is get real. Dad in the picture. <laughs> no. Oh, no. okay, great. It was, so it was okay. just me and my mom growing up. Got it. Yeah. Got it, got so it. I took her name and I took all of her. Um, I'm glad it crazy. took four seasons of a television show and <laughs> yeah. five seconds of a podcast. To ask let's, you a let's very get into personal it. Question. By the end of this, we're just gonna be crying. And <laughs> I'm. I I'm apologize. Getting real? No, no. no but that's great. great. You got the best name. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Lavelle is like Vela Lavelle. Yeah, it's a beautiful name. It's yeah. Classic. Vela Lavelle. It. It's maybe like a you know like a stripper name or a nursery oh no, no, no. Name. I've been to strip clubs. I've never no seen named. a Vela okay, Lavelle. 
Have you? Lavelle, Lavelle. Do you remember any names of the strippers? That yeah, you've like seen? Diamond and 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 and. You're just naming Rosie. American gladiators. <laughs> Are those gladiators? Yes. Nitro, Diamond, Ru- Rubix, Nitro. Sounds like an awesome strip club. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll fit right in. Uh, oh boy! So let's talk about Shira for a moment. If yeah. I yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Did you guys watch when you were totally really? Yes, I was obsessed with He Man and Shira. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I didn't watch when I was little. So. Oh no! Well, it was yeah. a little before your time. Oh I my think. gosh! Not, well, Must it was eighty. It was. Yeah, I think like, it was like right when I was eighty-two to eighty-six was right. the real yeah. He-Man Shira prime. The yeah. real into the 80, 87 a little bit. Right, mm-hmm. right. I saw the debut of Shira in the movie theaters. Wow! In the He-Man animated film that came out the same weekend, mm. I believe that. Back to the Future premiered. Oh wow! Oh, so whoa. because I remember, I went my I went with my um, preschool best friend <laughs> David Ray. Yeah, his mom took us to go see uh, the He Man animated movie that introduced Shira oh, to so Canon. Kind of like a hidden like pilot or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right, like yeah. it was like a backdoor pilot. I'm trying to Google backdoor the pilot, name yeah. of the. So they did it. Was like. Um, it was it wasn't the Dolph Lundgren you know right. live action one. It was an animated film. Mm-hmm. And, inter- and they just aped Luke and Leia's origin story from <laughs> right, Return yeah, of the Jedi right, because yeah. it was like suddenly He Man had a twin sister right. that had been hidden away and raised by Hordak by the Horde. Yeah, by the Horde. Um, and you know, details are not important. It's not. It's just that. a way to. Oh yeah, <laughs> He Man and Shira. The Secret of the Sword. That's Secret what it was called. Okay. And I remember being totally on board for this. Mm-hmm. I was so excited that He-Man had a twin sister just yeah. like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. And then immediately following that, M- Mrs. Ray snuck me and David into Back to the Future, oh. where his sister had been watching Double feature. the movie. Wow. So the first time I saw Back to the Future, I came in in the middle of the dinner scene where Michael J. Fox oh, yeah. is like having dinner, Marty is having dinner with his with like his... grandparents and right. his mom at the night. But my sister had already told me the entire story <laughs> of the movie. Right. So I jumped in. I was like, oh, I know what's going on. Cool, cool, cool. Got this. <laughs> Um, and then I, and then my sister and I, like two days later, went and saw it with my parents. But that's one of my vivid film memories. You of were seeing. really like in the middle of pop culture Listen, as a preschooler. Stranger Things <laughs> season three was my biopic. Right, right. I was just about like, to say that reminded it. me of that. Yeah, it did Return to Oz was that same summer? Mm. The Wheelers? Anybody? Nope. No. Nope, really? <laughs> what was the scariest movie you ever saw as a child? Oh my god! You know what? I can answer this. So I never. I couldn't watch like I couldn't have like sugar or like watch TV or like watch cartoons or any of that stuff. Couldn't because you couldn't handle it or weren't allowed. Weren't to. allowed. Weren't allowed. Um. But then when I would go to friends' houses, I would like go crazy on sugar and TV. Like I was just like, let me have it. And so what was the what was the um the movie? Was it? gremlins or yeah was yeah. gremlins with the little crazy yeah that shit fucked me up too fucked me up yeah yep. i was i have never because i was like literally watching pbs like i, I could watch like sesame street what right. did you yeah i was gonna and say and then i went from sesame street to gremlins and i was like, oh. <laughs> oh, like yeah. i didn't know oh, puppets yeah. could be this violent yeah totally. i literally had nightmares i've said that. this before i did too i had a recurring yeah. nightmare the only recurring nightmare i can ever think of 
of uh, of Stripe, the lead one with the white mohawk, oh, coming through oh, my dad's God. window and just terrorizing me, probably like scraping me to death or something with those claws. Oh, I just got like awful. shivers. Yeah, it was awful. Wasn't there like a scene too where it's like someone's like, you know, like in the kitchen or something mm-hmm. and then like they just, co- I mean, they were coming out of they everywhere. They come yeah. out of the cupboards. The mom. Yeah. Just, yeah, the mom, yes. And it was she like. She shoves someone in a microwave. Yeah, nukes it in yeah, the microwave. The mic- oh my God. Yeah. I don't know who And then let the bubbles too off his head when he's melting. It was awesome. But. Oh, Ever, right. Have you ever right. thought about the fact of like how cut the gremlins were? <laughs> they like, were very what? buff. They were right. fucking. Oh, yeah. In like, my mind, they were cut. just like yeah, like puffballs. Well, were they not? Th- those were the mogwai. That's the mogwai. But then when they oh. become the gremlins, like they, they got, ripped. they've got that like they take the hydroxy usher cut with body. the water <laughs> at midnight. I, <laughs> I think we, I think men started getting their like body dysmorphia issues right. from gremlins, right. from the gremlin torsos. Okay, one of my favorite favorite skits to come out of Keenan and Peel is then they do the sketches. Uh, sketches. sketches. I'm sorry. Sketch. Yes, don't call uh, it a skit. I didn't mean a skit. It's a real sketch. <laughs> I definitely recommend googling this. But then when they're pitching Gremlins too, oh, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Oh my god, it's so great. They bring in like a uh, a. Se- now this podcast is just us <laughs> describing a sketch that people <laughs> can't well, watch. Well, because Gremlins too was like listen. off the fucking chains, yeah, right? The they best. have like a girl Gremlin and like a bad Gremlin. It's like. It's like how this show gets sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but the the guy girl comes, Sasquatch, yeah. bad Sasquatch. Oh my god, it's so great! You have to Google it. Uh, Gremlins two, weren't there like and Peel sketch? Multiple Gremlins, like there was Gremlins after Gremlin two. There's one. There's just Gremlins. one and two. There's Gremlins, yeah. and then and Gremlins then there's stuff. Gremlins two, the new batch. Yeah, it's called which, the new batch. The new yeah, batch. which yeah. was right. sort of a parody of the first Gremlins. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sure if I saw it now as an adult, I would be like, that's hilarious. But I, somehow as a child, it was like truly terrifying. I, I remember was. my parents coming home from that movie and being like, that should have been rated R. Because <laughs> it was PG. And I wasn't well, allowed was to PG? see it. No. I, was, I wasn't allowed to see it. I loved... This was the weird era of like films, and I'm sure it's similar for kids these days, where like, I had Gremlins toys. Yeah. Right. I even dressed up as Mowgli, I think, for Halloween wow. that year. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have not Mowgli. Tried. I always oh, Gizmo. Say that. Gizmo. I yeah, always I call him Mowgli because yeah, it's the Jungle Boy. Book, right? Yeah. Um, Mowgli. Yeah. Yeah. Mowgli. Oh, Mowgli. Uh, uh, as Gizmo. I don't mm-hmm. know why the fuck would I make that mistake. So but <laughs> whatever. That's literally the eighth time I've done it on the show, too. We have talked about gremlins. <laughs> but it was just okay. one of those things where, like, I never saw the, but I never saw the movie, yeah. and I had like the McDonald's oh, like interesting Happy Meal books that, yeah. that you know like that, that had, they had like, like Happy Meal toys. Oh, there was like oh yeah. oh yeah, oh like, yeah, like the red Corvette. It was like uh, you would that. get it was either Burger King or McDonald's, but you would get a uh, record uh-huh. with the picture book in your oh, wow. Happy Meal, and you would so I knew. The story of the movie through like books and toys, right. but I don't think but I you saw didn't it. know. I didn't yeah. see it didn't see until the I was like in high school. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people I... don't realize, but that's like the perfect Christmas movie because it all takes place around the holidays. So Does it's it? like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Huh? It's like a great Christmas oh. movie to watch. That should go up there in the debate <laughs> with what makes a Christmas movie: Gremlins mm. or Die Hard or both. Both. They're mm. absolutely both Christmas movies. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, uh, so Shira didn't play with. She were toys. What did you play with? Uh, um, I played with Barbies. Barbies? I was really into Barbies. Were you around for Barbie and the Rockers? 
Barbie <laughs> and the Rockers. No. Bar- wasn't that Gemma? That? Yeah, Gem and no. the Holograms. Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. The real band. Yeah, Gem, exactly, dude. Barbie, to compete with Gems and the Holograms, came out with Barbie and the Rockers. Was, in it, the was late it like 80s. Barbie as a rock star? Yes. She, Ken, all oh, her friends okay. were all in a rock Actually, band. maybe I did have some of that. What, so I would Kenza? get a what lot of. Line what line of, <laughs> line of Barbies were you in? So I would get a lot of Barbie like hand-me-downs. Like I don't think my mom was into like buying me Barbies, but it was like if a friend like was like, I'm done with this Barbie, <laughs> then I would get I would get it. So I, I think I actually did probably have a Barbie in the rockers. Right. Mm. Would know. she have had crimped hair? Yes. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how you make <laughs> a rocker that. chick. You crimp the hair. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. There was like done. a strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> yep. Had her. Did it. There was a solid like five year period in the 80s where mm-hmm. like Barbie only had crimped hair. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And I think really there was did. one that you could actually crimp and then straighten. Yeah, that was advanced. That was I had next a level. sister. I know. It's all right, man. Day to night. Absolutely. We In my house, my sister's Barbie's. She had one Barbie that she cut the Barbie's hair and oh, it yeah. like sprung it up in back. a weird way. Yeah, because usually the volume was really intense, like at the root, and right. then it would just kind of cascade <laughs> in a totally unrealistic way. <laughs> yeah. That really messed up a lot of little girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like the gremlins. Yeah, right. Like Four gremlins. Men. And so her hair was sticking straight up, and then we made her the right. punk rock alcoholic mom of oh, the awesome. clan of the Barbies. <laughs> there we and go. And so they were always like trying to take care in like a very ab- absolutely fabulous kind of way. <laughs> they were all trying to manage their, they were like all trying to have their lives mm. and then manage their like drunk, crazy, punk rocking like, Barbie, you mom. sounded like shit today. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. total shit. <laughs> Get my new exactly. parts, you bitch. Um, <laughs> she's like, I just want to live my life, mom. <laughs> Back off, Let mom. me be me. <laughs> Bella. You'll never be like Jim. <laughs> You'll never make it. In an attempt to fully alienate our audience, <laughs> I know you are a fan of The Bachelor. Yes. And, you, and you've been on a podcast about The Bachelor that and I love to Michael's listen to. Michael's the only person here to who make friends. listens to it. Oh, no way. a friend, and you always text me after I'm on it, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what did you think about the end of Hannah G's season? Hannah B. Hannah B. Oh, Hannah B. Hannah B. I thought you were going to ask G. me about Bachelor in Paradise. Um, well, we'll talk okay, about that. We'll talk mic. later. We'll talk. Yeah. Um, the end. Of, oh, I loved it. Hannah B. Didn't pick a dude. Well, yeah. She picked a dude. He turned out to be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. It sucks for her that she had to go through that on television. But she's also twenty four. And so I think people like it's like that's what you should be doing when you're 24 is like learning that like, you know, that there's a lot of douchebags out there. And she yeah. learned it the hard way. I think she did, but she found her voice. At least she voice. didn't end up with one. No. Like I was like, good for you. And then, but I think she went out on two dates with Tyler before. But like, now he's dating Gigi Hadid. Did you see? <laughs> yes. This is. I'm just turning this podcast into. No, this is part. This falls into the collectors. Okay, yeah. Part of collectors club. It does. We're talking about the thing. This is sort of a collectors corner up front, talking about things that we enjoy consuming and collecting. Exactly. Totally. I mean, God bless Tyler. Jesus. I know. I know. Although my friend was like, he kind of got the short end of the stick because he didn't get to be bachelor and he didn't win. But I was like, he'll be fine. He's gonna be. I think Tyler will be fine. Yeah. Is Tyler hot? Yeah. 
He's See, like, I'm catching up. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah, you know, you got to speed. It's like not in a not not in fair a, way. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he's gonna be fine. So yeah. everyone's fine. Everyone's great. I used everyone's to great. think Shira was hot. I would. Have well, a, actually, you know, a lot a of people. A lot of people had. Um, Kind of, it like kind of like caused a little like Twitter controversy when the new images of like our our reboot came right. out because it's a much um it's kind of like just straight up like this is for young girls and it's very like kind of like it's kind of like queer centric it's like very like girl power like sexualized a little bit yeah and so they're all younger like mm-hmm. they're all notably younger like Shira was like in the eighties was like a very well Develop, very yeah. developed woman talk about Hannah. G. Yeah. She was more of a Hannah G type. Right, exactly. Mm. And so this Shira more of like a Barbie. Yeah. And these are more like Skipper, I would say. Yeah. And and but they're all different body types, which is awesome. Yeah. But so a lot of people, which I think were probably men, <laughs> right. mostly men who had a crush on Shira so like when me. they yeah. Right. A lot of people were like, That's not this the is Shira. Exactly. And it was like, <laughs> I think you're just calling yourselves out at being right. like it's maybe doing inappropriate things yeah. with Shira. Right. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Listen, we're going to talk a lot more about toxic masculinity <laughs> later in this episode. I can speak on that. Yep. So, <laughs> well, I've got a, Great, I'm here for it. I've got a story that is steeped in a sea of angry, angry nerds. Um, yeah. But before we get there, we have some... Bye-bye, nerds! <laughs> I love watching people's reactions. I always get so embarrassed right afterwards. <laughs> it's like I must be flushed right after. I don't know if you saw the headlines this week about Bernie, but he told uh, the press, and this is from Rolling Stone magazine. About I be a little hit. Bernie? Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Oh, if okay. elected, Bernie Sanders will reveal what the government knows about aliens. Uh-huh. My wife will demand that I tell you. The candidate said. That's the first time I've ever attempted to Presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders, during an interview on Joe Rogan's podcast this week, promised the host that he would expose what the government may know about aliens mm. because his wife, Jane, would insist he do so. Rogan asked how a possible future President Sanders would handle what some might consider sensitive information. If you found out... Something about aliens. That's Come right, on. Joe Rogan. Commit. If you found out something <laughs> about UFOs, would you let us know? Well, I'll tell you. My wife would demand that I tell you. Sanders replied with a laugh. Uh, Rogan then asked if Sanders' wife was a UFO nut. Sanders said, no, she's not a UFO nut. But Sanders added, she has raised the topic and has asked, what is going on? And whether she has access to records. He has access to records. <laughs> Rogan followed up and asked Sanders if he did have access to any UFO-related records. And Sanders replied, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what this <laughs> I like that is. Sanders but... is going more cookie monster. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, Fozzie Bear. Rogan yeah. then yeah. asked, <laughs> you'll let us know. And Sanders replied, all right. And then he promised, if elected, he would announce any findings on Rogan's show. Hey, I have an offer for you, Senator Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come over to Bigfoot Collectors Club and announce that stuff? There like we go. Guts. I mean, or Joe better Rogan's... yet, Jane. It sounds like Jane, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get, get Jane. Jane on the show. She knows. Um. So here's the thing. What do you guys think about this? Because this isn't Lame. the first... <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> I do want to remind you yeah. that you were the one what? who posted 
a Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh, we all knew this would come back. Promo yeah. on our very own Bigfoot Collectors Club Instagram. Wasn't about saying that Trump was going to talk about UFOs, which he, and 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 talk about the truth of them, which he then went on to flatly go mm, right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was he was lame. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I deleted <laughs> yeah. that. Post. And I deleted that post, right? Right. Because Tucker Carlson sucks. Mm. <laughs> but why is this lame? I just, you know, I think it's lame that uh, when you bring out the whole, if I'm president, I'm going to reveal uh, UFO disclosure. That's just such a lame ticket item. They've yep. tried it for you know the last thirty, forty like years. Like other people have used. Yeah, this. the Clintons have tried it. Really, the, the Bush and everybody really. So it's just like. Like Bernie Sanders just, you know, jumping on the millennial UFO so hot ticket. why don't oh, you think wow. that they do? Because they don't, uh, first of all, good luck, right? Like the whole, uh, the, first of all, nobody knows exactly what UFOs are, where they come from, uh, w- w- you know, the details of what they entail. So how can you get behind it? Yeah, and they've already released some, a good majority of the documents that have been classified. So, and not only that, if there is some sort of secretive black budget you know, uh, operation at task under these UFOs. They're, these presidents aren't going to have a need to know. That's what the, that's what's been established. So um, they would just, you know, have their tail flailing in the wind, really. So that's why wow. I say lame. I'm just. I had no idea that this was like something people were actively doing. To yeah, like try whole, and try and gain votes or whatever. It's UFOs are in the zeitgeist right wow. now because the New York Times had an article in December of 2017 that. Um, that uh, a former person uh, official at the Pentagon came out and was like, "Yeah, we actually were studying UFOs and released some footage of of U.S. air fighters uh, chasing unidentified flying objects." Wow! And so people That's were like, "Whoa!" You know, which for people who are nerds in the UFO, well, and it has a political connection too because WikiLeaks released uh, j- some of John Podesta's emails, which. Uh, which a few of them came from Tom DeLonge about the UFO subject. So, and Tom DeLonge oh is the God. lead singer, the front man of the former band Blink One Eighty Two, and he's also <laughs> yes. the, the founder <laughs> yep. of, of a this new uh, really... of a new company called To the Stars Academy, uh, which is sort of leading the uh, the parade of UFO. A disclosure, whatever right. you want to call it, the UFO topic right now. They're hot on the button. So it's hot. Oh We've talked about this God. a lot on the show. I don't want to repeat it too much. Of course, right. of course but, not. You know, we go, but um, it is back in fashion. But I agree with Bryce. I think it, when you become president, you're an elected official from anywhere between four to eight years, unless there is an immediate crisis and a need to know basis. We maybe don't need to know. They're not going to, the Pentagon's not going to tell the president who will go back to being a public, ser- you know, in, in the public sector. Do you feel like for people who are really into UFOs, they're going to, like, vote for Bernie based on I will say the release this. of the record? Good I, of that, I do yeah. think that it's it's a small but part. But it, mighty. It, but, but, but mighty. Yeah, Listen, yeah. we were at a UFO conference in May, and there was a former Democratic or uh, Republican congressman who was baiting the audience to vote for Trump for a second term because, because in the second term records. he would disclose the existence of UFOs. Wow. And then Trump, of course, went on to Fox News because I decided to tune in and check it out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't really believe in it because yeah. Trump can't think of anything outside his own self, <clears throat> let alone 
aliens mm. from another it's planet. A, it's right. a fun X factor for presidents to talk about, to go on late night talk shows and, wow, and, and no to like idea. bring up. And it's like, it's a fan favorite. It's a good soundbite. It's right. a good soundbite. Always a good soundbite. And it always gets headlines. Um, we're now going from Birdie, uh, Bernie to Birdie. Birdie. <laughs> Fix that. Fix it. Fix it. I'm going to fix that. We're now going from Birdie to Birdie. Uh, This is from uh, that fun website, Cryptozoology News. Extinct prehistoric bird spotted in Arizona. Oh, snap. A 38 year old woman in uh, Maricopa County says she saw a bird believed to have become extinct. Three million years ago. Nice. Whoa. Good the, for eye, her. the eyewitness, an avid bird watcher who provided a full name and location information but remain asked to remain anonymous, told Cryptozoology News on Saturday that she was driving home when she spotted the purpeted bird on Friday around noon. I was driving north on a six lane road, location admitted for privacy reasons. I was coming from the grocery store, she said. I saw an extremely large bird flying very low. It was on the same side of the road, but going in the opposite direction of traffic, heading south. The wingspan took up three lanes of traffic. Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. The woman described the bird as having the wingspan of over 20 feet. Hmm, strange. The bird was a brownish gray color, it was a light. It was light colored. I am a bird lover and often go into nature with my binoculars to explore birds. I love birds and I know what cranes, eagles, and this hawks was not like. a red tailed warbler. I can tell you that. This resembled a crane, longer neck, but the wings were massive. Mm-hmm. It was flying so low that I was concerned it would fly into a car, but it just kept soaring. She added that she didn't have enough time to grab her phone to take pictures and that she couldn't just stop in the middle of the lane. In retrospective, though, I wish I had done a U-turn and followed it. I regret not thinking about that at the time. Should have done that. The Arizona (laughs) resident said that the bird definitely looked out of place and that after looking it up online, it looked very much like a oligocene dinosaur Pterodactyl? No, it's a Polygenorus. Let's, Let's just go with Pterodactyl. Pelagonorus Sandarisi. Uh, <clears throat> no, huh. it's it's not the same. It's it looks like this. It looks like a large oh, sort of oh, pelican. Yeah. It's very more bird like. Oh, sure. It's po- I think it's post dinosaur okay. like post you know Triassic. And, yeah. It's kind of like a dragon. Bella, this is actually a thing. So I know this person sounds like a one-off crazy type sighting, but uh-huh. there's been reports that have come in sporadically in and out the last, I don't know, let's say 50 years, uh, of people seeing these large, large birds. You know, the Native Americans called them thunderbirds, uh, and they saw them in the skies as well. But wow. uh, even John Keel, a famed uh, Fortean author, uh, would describe paranormal like paranormal investigator, paranormal investigator and author, and uh, in the sixties, yeah, he would write mm-hmm. about these large birds that people saw, and, and sometimes even Linda dinosaurs. Godfrey too in her books. Yeah, Linda Godfrey. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that there, there's even a story of like, and I looked wow. this up because you're from New Mexico, and in New Mexico, there's stories of like in the 1800s of like cowboys shooting down giant entities that they're like it looked like a flying crocodile with Mm -hmm. like leathery membrane wings like stuff that sounds like 
similar pterodactyls. To that. Wow. Yeah. You know, so there's this. I there's a theory Michael that maybe the right some word, of these thunderbirds. Entity. Yeah, because it's not like it's like a real flesh and blood live dinosaur right. that the scientists are just missing. This is some sort of phenomena that that, that certain that, people are seeing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe there's a strain of like you know. I mean, obviously it would have mm-hmm. evolved over time. It's not going to stay. Do you think there would, there's just like one, two that's like well, kind they of would have to rec- they'd have to you know procreate right, and and over the course of hundreds of millions of years they're going to evolve. Right. They're not going to stay the same. Where would something like unless that they're sleep? coming through some sort of time warp? See, it's the same thing as the Nessie thing, the Loch Ness monster. Uh-huh. I just don't believe that it's some like plesiosaur left over from the from the ice age or the Pleistocene Pre- era. You know, okay. it's it's obviously some something that's evolved. Some, like... Well, no, I think it's some sort of paranormal thing, some sort oh, of like some sort of time artifact or yes, something. Yes, either some dimensional like overlap. A, a cult bringing up or 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 some sort of uh, you know, spirit evoked or some entity or some some strange interdimensional being. Interdimensional, mm-hmm. yeah, being. Well, I have a strange story I want to share with you guys that happened to me just today. Okay. And I forgot to, I was going to bring this up at the top of the show and oh. I just remembered. Let me know what you think about this. So. Lame. I, <laughs> I'll be coming. <laughs> um, I was walking the dogs this morning. And as I always do, actually, it was just uh, Albie, my bulldog, had already done his business and went back in to, for his immediately following breakfast nap that lasts about three breakfast hours. Breakfast nap. Right. He knows how to live. So I'm out with my terrier, Violet, and I'm walking down uh, the street around the corner from me. There's lots of cool little craftsman houses, and there's currently an empty lot that they tore down an old house and they're going to put up a condo. Mm-hmm. And there's one of those chain link fences, chain link fences that has the green sort of tarp mm-hmm. over it so nobody can get into the construction mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. Now there is like a little gate with the chain with the padlock on it and whatnot. So we're walking past that and um, just past that lot on the north side, my dog stops to stare at a squirrel in the tree. And I see this guy walk down the sidewalk towards us. And he's an average-looking guy. He's probably 5'9", average build, white dude with, like, glasses, middle age, I'd say late 40s, early 50s. I want to say he's like wearing like a Chicago Bulls t-shirt and some shorts. Like he's been out for a jog <laughs> or like, a walk. He really is the most basic yeah, guy yeah, yeah. Basic. Basic. ever watch. <laughs> well, and there, this is a reason why I kind of want to like mention that. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing necessarily remarkable about this person. You know what I mean? Right. So, not you know, it's not like he's wearing like an old time. He's probably very special. No, I'm I'm just saying it's not like he's wearing. I just want to defend that guy. How dare you? He has dreams. (laughs) (laughs) You'll understand why. So, as he's approaching, I kind of make eye contact with him. And I'm standing watching Violet just stare off into the trees. And as he passes behind me on the sidewalk, I get chills that go up my spine. And the hair on the back of my neck and the back of my arm stands mm. up. And I think in that moment, I go, whoa, why am I being creeped out by this guy? What's going on? I go, no, it's... And then I even was like, no, it's fine. I'm not getting a bad creep out vibe, but I am getting a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a threatening or anything. I was just like, 
I just mentally went, huh, that's right. weird that like all the hair on the back of my neck, like there was like an oh. electrical charge as he went For by. Sure. Right? Just very, very strange. Mm-hmm. And he kind of stopped and then looked at me and looked at the dog, at, at my dog, and went, what's so interesting? What's happening? And I go, oh, nothing. She's just staring at the at the tree. And he was like, ha, ha, ha. He's like, it looked like something really exciting was going on. And uh, and then he continued to walk and, tw- you know, past the vacant lot. And in the peripheral of my vision, I saw him turn and walk into the lot. He, like, went halfway down and then turned and walked into the lot. Mm-hmm. And... It wasn't until a couple moments after that that I went, wait What's a minute, he doing in there? how did he There's get no into the lot? There? And I looked, <clears throat> there was no open gate to get into the lot, and he was no longer there. Anywhere to be seen. He was not what? down the sidewalk. And then I thought, well, maybe I wasn't paying that close of attention, and he, and he went, exited the other way or something? Like, up the driveway of the house next to the lot. But I know the people that live there and it's not him. Mm-hmm. And I even like walked Violet down past the lot and then looked at the house and there's like a wrought iron gate, a closed door. This guy was no, this guy vanished. Mm. And in my peripheral, I saw him turn and walk into that vacant lot. Now this dude was like flesh and blood real didn't think anything weird of it until I kind of put the pieces together and I was like, wait, I got a weird vibe. And then he kind of, it was like he turned and just vanished into that lot mm-hmm. through a solid Men in black's new uniform. Wow. But but there was Shorts nothing. And that's what I was saying. It wasn't like he was Shorts like dressed weird. <laughs> wasn't like some like man out of time. But it really... Made me stop and scratch yeah. my head because this guy was nowhere to be seen. Dude, the Whoa. goosebumps are a strange phenomena. I always listen to my. Your it's like radar. oh man, absolutely. It's like some deep underground a sixth sense that we're equipped with. And here's what was mm-hmm. weird about it too, Bryce was the thing that I went. Well, maybe he did walk all the way down the fence and then up the driveway of that next house. But the thing that I remember is that I heard his footsteps as he passed me, mm. and it was like clomp, 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 clomp. Turn. Turn. Yeah. He took like six steps and then turned right and slipped into that fence. Yeah, dude, that's wow. And even it felt so normal that I went, oh, he went into that gate. But then when I looked at it, I was like, no, there's no way. So it's just a very weird little reality hiccup that when happened was this today? today. Yeah, this morning. This, this is like morning. in, this like, like in. Well, I don't want to tell people where I live, but in the <laughs> so at your address, which is yeah, <laughs> it's in the Hollywood Hills, right, you know. right? Right. I feel like that part of LA specifically, I've always felt like it was a little haunted. It's very haunted. And like, have you like? There's that um right up above. There's that um the Hollywood Land kind of little mm-hmm. area, which was I guess like in the twenties or something. They were going to have this little like housing development, and then like everyone just kind of like abandoned it or something, or like I don't know. They gave up in the middle of the project, and it just feels so 
like, I don't know, deliciously like haunted and creepy to me. Well, yeah. there's a whole backstory and I don't know all the details, but right. that whole Griffith Park it's area. Something, it's weird. Well, apparently the Griffith, the guy who like bought that land. Griffith. <laughs> got Mr. Griffith. I guess he was like put, there was a curse put on him oh. and his life after he bought that land kind of went south <gasps> and there's like murders and weird shit and bad luck. And so there's all this like paranormal activity supposedly in the hills out there. Yeah, now. I've always felt that like walking around the hills and stuff. It's just it feels like something like things have happened here. Yeah. And like, yeah, I this, don't know. This was one of the weirder. I mean, this was just one of those things where like I yeah, was that's like up close and personal. Well, right? I have a mm-hmm. podcast for this, so I should yeah. I might as well tell this story. Maybe he knew you had the podcast. He, This guy vanished. I mean, yeah. this guy literally I saw him turn and walk in the peripheral of my vision. I saw him go into that lot mm. and then he's just not there and you're absolutely certain there's no sort of opening or no there was not there i mean there look there's a very thin uh there's a there's there's a gate but mm-hmm. it's padlocked well why would he be going he into a construction site he anyway right. <clears throat> he, there's no way he would have been able to slip through that without rattling the fence and then once there i can see i can still see through i could see the lot he wasn't there. Whoa. It was weird. That's crazy. And I wouldn't have thought too much about it except for the fact that like when he passed behind me, you got, yeah, I got this bumps. weird v- vibration. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Ms. Vela Novella Lavelle <laughs> about her personal Great paranormal hunt. history. Awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> Now, Vela, I've heard that you are not into ghosts well, or the paranormal. Yes, it's true. I've been running from Michael, um, who's been asking me to do this podcast for a I'm while. Your You're the last remaining crazy ex cast member. I know. Yeah. I mean, I yeah haven't haven't seen a ghost. Haven't talked to any. Um, I'm really interested in mat. I like totally believe in magic and like you know like I'm s- uh, like super woo woo and into like all that kind of like. What do you mean mystical. when you say you're into it? What are you talking about? Um, you know, like like I have a healer and oh. you know I'm into like new psychic- agey stuff. Yes, exactly. Which I'm like, you know, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's very like magical and yeah, mystical. that's yep. right in our wheelhouse, right? Yep. But then it, for some reason, the thought of the uh, like ghosts and you know like people like from beyond and like I don't know aliens and stuff. I was always like, I don't, I don't know that I have a connection to that. But I'm like, it, it all has to be connected in some way. So you know? what's yeah. your healer experience your psychic stuff how did you come to that like well, when did that start well i think it was because my mom is very into all of that stuff so i think i partly you know it's like you just slowly become your parents you know so i think i like was trying to deny it for a while <laughs> right and when i'm around my mom i'm very logical and i'm like that doesn't make sense mom and then i'm like but where's my healer <laughs> what kind of stuff is she woo woo about oh gosh ever like i was talking to her but i was like I called her and I was like, has any like, did any like weird stuff happen when I was like a kid or whatever? And she was like, well, what is the definition of paranormal? Like, really, it, it's kind of my normal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh wow. no. Like, nice. oh, I was like, I should never have opened this door. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's living in the paranormal kind of yeah. in a way. Yeah. And so I think I was very like, 
trying to be the logical like kind of like she was your punk rock barbie yeah yeah and exactly and i was like like, stay inside (laughs) um but yeah but as i drink a glass of water go to bed bed, it's nine (laughs) but like i think as i've gotten older i've just like found my found my own woo-woo-ness what Um, memories did you have of her growing up that she was doing like when when, when did you go oh my mom's a little different um oh my gosh i don't even i don't even know like well she would do like sage and stuff when i was like maybe like three or four i remember that and like i feel like that just became popular like a few years ago like now it's like at house of intuition and like everyone's like sage (laughs) and like there's like little like five-year-old sages running around you know but like my mom was like saging me when i was like little you know what i mean like when we'd like go to like a new house or something you know they do that to like get the evil spirits off right to cleanse the energy of a room or even a a person i suppose right we've done that here you yeah weren't you here no i wasn't here for oh that's right it was just riley and me we got you saged a dela levine yeah yeah. Our, our resident uh, intuitive and mm-hmm. medium, like she saged this space, right. and Riley and I. Well, it wasn't just the sage too, because we learned then that the sage is the bleach of like spiritual cleansing. Uh, so she had, oh, what, right. she had dragon's um, blood and frankincense and, frankincense and, and, myrrh, and myrrh, and yeah, to, like right, seal it up, right? Because yeah. there's different. I can't remember. I can't think of all of them, but there's like different, like um, yeah, there's different things that you want to use if you want to like purify versus cleanse right. versus like enhance versus whatever. Right. So do you? So you? So I think it's like to like. I feel like for a lot of people, it's like this new thing they're discovering, and I'm like, this is like. I'm like it's an old hat for yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like all the woo stuff. What like about the crystals? Great. Oh yeah, crystals. <laughs> okay. You right. could have like had your own goop version of this. Oh yeah. If you had enough foresight like 5 years ago and yes. you were to be like a billionaire. Right yes, now. <laughs> definitely. But that but I so then I do feel I'm like okay, so I do believe in like something. You know what mm. I mean? Well, like that's... I definitely am not like a non-believer. So let's unpack it. What do you think that is? Like if you had to like re, you know, think about what, it now. What like that? what if I may, what is your like practice with this stuff? Like when does it come right. into practi- practicality for you? Right. Um what do you use it for? And then what do you think you're communing with while you're practicing That is this such stuff? a good question. Like I feel I definitely feel well you know i was thinking about it like i i do believe in like angels okay you know like i do believe that there there are these things like looking out for us and whether they're your like maybe your fam like ancestors or just things that are like i don't know beings that are just like looking out for you Mm -hmm. you know and so i yeah so i think i definitely like when i'm kind of like um trying to visualize stuff for myself or kind of like meditate or whatever. I think I'm like maybe like even unconsciously or subconsciously kind of thinking of that, you know? Right. And I, I'm not really, I'm not religious. Like I'm not like, Oh God, but I'm like, I think there's something. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever really tried to like specifically name it for myself, but I mm. imagine, yeah, I imagine that's, that's kind of like what a lot of people who are into into the otherworldly stuff are also feeling for know? sure. I've been reading a lot about uh, uh, Alistair Crowley lately, and uh, and you know, there was this book. I was I was in the bookstore the other day, and I was reading uh, Confessions of a, an, an Illuminati, and I was looking up his hmm. stuff, and he's got some interesting books. Who wrote that book? His he's a, he's an Italian guy, and they just been translated into English. His name is like Leo Lionzagami. Um but his fourth book that he wrote was called uh, The Puppeteers, and it's about how 
these secret societies and occult practices lead to what we refer to as UFOs and and these sort of entities. And I'm really starting to huh. piece together that that there's a lot more to this UFO phenomena related to occult practices than we than we realize. Uh, maybe, perhaps. I mean, there could there could be there could be. <laughs> I other just things. want to insert maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I yeah, like nobody, that you're nobody, going down this rabbit. Nobody, don't yeah. get me wrong. Nobody knows, right? But uh, but there's definitely something there. But anyway, Alistair Crowley said, you know, everyone has. He called it a holy and a holy guardian angel, mm. and that 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 the whole purpose oh, of uh, of magic, in his sense, the most important part of magic was to converse with your holy holy guardian angel, and anything else uh, w- not was good. another form of black magic. You know, him being wow. the black magic king of all. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I always thought that was very interesting. He was he he thought the number one wow. uh, thing to do with with all of his occult practices and. And spiritualism was to to convene with his holy guardian angel. Wow, Bella, was there ever a time when you were like, do you have a memory of being like, oh, somebody's like watching out with for me, me right now? Yeah. Um. Well, when I was like seven or eight, I fell out of a moving car. What? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Like, so, how dare you say well, you have so, no story? Right. So actually, so um, so it was um, you know, David Hall, who's mm-hmm. on the yeah, podcast, yeah, he's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Bad Squatch. Um, he has this like old seventies truck. Yeah, it's you know, beautiful. like is it like a Ford or something? Yeah, like? yeah. Which so, was in a short film that we recently. Well, yeah, you know, you've driven it. You I know, have. well. So, so my friend's mom had a truck, like pretty much exactly like da- that. His, Dave's is a Dodge, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it a Dodge? It, I think I don't know. Maybe, I think Chevy. maybe this this what was this it? truck was a Ford, but oh, uh, I think you're right. It's a Ford. It's a Ford. I don't remember. Anyway, so the truck that I was in was very similar. It was like that old kind of like beat up, but like gorgeous, but you know, a little rickety mm-hmm. feel. And I was driving to camp with my my friend and I was sitting, she was sitting in the middle. It had no seatbelts. And um, and the door was like a little like wobbly or whatever. Oh. And we, we rounded this curve and I guess I was tired or something. And I just kind of like leaned on the door and fell out. Oh what? And there was a car directly <gasps> behind me, but somehow I like ended up on the side like i somehow just like i guess the force of the car or something like kind of like spat me out onto the sidewalk so i was like totally okay like i had i had like a scraped leg but i was like that's it fine but it was one of those things where i was like when i tell that story i feel like people are like that's great like and i'm like i guess i could have Died oh, pretty sure. easily. Hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. One <laughs> like, hit to the head. Yeah. Wrong. You made it sound exactly. like you went down like a slide and landed in a like basket that's, of pillows. That's kind of how it. I mean, it was a little. Yeah. This the sidewalk was the only rude awakening. I was like, oh, <laughs> what wow. am I doing here? But yeah, but that's definitely something I can point to. Where I'm like that. I guess that was like. Might have been a small little intervention there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Just a little, just a little um, slowing down of time from my holy guardian angel. Mm -hmm. What was the fallout of this incident? Did you go to camp or did they just put you back in the car and keep driving? (laughs) They were like, you don't have to go to camp anymore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I got to camp and then they were like, you can go home. (laughs) (laughs) You've clearly had a traumatic afternoon. This one fell out of a car. What should we do? Yeah, sign maybe her out. just maybe just give her some cookies and let her. But did you think about this like idea of like how lucky you were later or in the moment? Were I don't you... think it was at the moment. I think it was later. Yeah, I think it was later when I was like, oh, that was that was 
cool that I didn't die <laughs> that day. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my God, and I always now wild. it's this like certain curve in Santa Fe and whenever I'm home, I'm always like, there's Do you remember what the road is? What it's called? Oh yeah. I was on um uh, East Alameda Street. Okay. All right. Well Santa if you're Fe. in New Mexico, <laughs> yeah. you're in your Santa Fe, tight. be careful. Yeah, be careful of that curve. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So what will you do? Do you like candles? Do you, how does it how do you use crystals? I don't know how, how to use how crystals. How am I a witch? <laughs> yeah, how are you a witch? Um, I, yeah, I have some crystals. I have some sage. I have... Um, and where do they go? Like, I know the sage, but like, what, what do the right. crystals do? Where I do guess, they go? Yeah, I just, I kind of have like a little altar, I guess. Great. I have a little altar and I put just like things that feel like... Um, witchy and special okay great and then that's usually like where i'll like meditate or i don't even know just kind of like pass by and be like that's an altar that i made totally yeah certain (laughs) objects store energy for you you know yeah exactly yeah so so yeah it is this thing where i'm like i'm sure like these worlds cross or maybe they're the same i don't know what you guys think about no you're in it definitely crossover we're in it yeah crossover episode it's a spectrum it's a wide spectrum of phenomena but i do think it's definitely like a difference between people who don't let any of that stuff in and then i mean what you're saying the spectrum i think really speaks to me but it's like there's the people who just like don't let any of it in and then there's people who i think are like super open Mm -hmm. and super receptive and I I just have to think that I'm not as receptive in in some of those intense ways. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think I'm like closed off to it. No. You know? Sounds like not at all. Not at all. Especially based on what you've been telling me for a year. However, being from New Mexico, like weird things happen there and nothing's happened to me. Like growing up there or anything. I mean, it's totally a weird place. That's and, my like, next question is oh, what is stuff okay. do you remember growing up in Santa Fe in New Mexico because there right. is a lot of paranormal well, activity and there's like Roswell yes. and um I definitely remember like driving through there with my mom when I was little and I mean we were just like drove through and we're like here it is yeah. <laughs> right. do we see anything you know but there are some interesting people in New Mexico like I remember like going to some art show or something and this guy was selling um this guy was selling his photographs and he was like he's been struck by lightning three times oh wow and he sells his like photographs of like like he takes pictures in lightning storms or something right and but he's been struck three times and so you know that's incredible people like that are in new mexico there's a lot of us yeah are you familiar with the taos hum i was gonna talk to you about that really great tell me about it i'm fascinated by i don't know anything about it but (laughs) Um, personally, <laughs> perfect, great. <laughs> but allegedly, I mean, I guess you have a computer in front of you, so you probably know more than I do. But it's this thing that certain people in Taos, which is about an hour and a half north of Santa Fe, have heard, and it's kind of like once you hear it, you go crazy in a way. It's yeah, it's like, like a weird yeah. vibrational hum that people yeah. don't know where it comes from. Right, and some geologists think that the Earth. And I think they've proven this, that the Earth does itself give off certain frequencies and sounds. And they think that maybe it might originate from that. But it's this... um, When's the last time we were were talking about that, I think, in a recent episode? The Taos Hum? Yeah, in a story of high strangeness. Or was it that the 37th Parallel story? I think it was because I was there on tour. You were there. Yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have a plug-in for the laptop? I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up and play it. There you what go. People say it's the Taos, huh? Mm. 
There's the the rivers there with that huge canyon. Yeah, and the gorge. Yeah, so, have you been? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful places. It in is the beautiful. I'm like, yeah. I think it makes sense. Ooh, that's nice. Wait, is this what the hum is supposed to sound like? Now, that's what, it. Is this just someone making this? Or this is, is probably this... someone like like simulating it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty spooky. Right. This is suppo- I mean, this is just on YouTube. It's like the hum, Tao's hum for 12 hours. <laughs> so either <laughs> it's... They captured um, it and then looped it. Wow. And... Yeah, but it, I think allegedly it's like and, once you hear it, you've crossed over or something. Like yeah, It's not, not just something you're like, oh, I hear the hum. It's like you hear the hum and then that's your life. Right. No way. <laughs> I think, yeah. I like but I that. think it's only, and they, they have it in like UK and other areas of uh, Europe. Yeah, there are different hums around the world. Hum. <laughs> hums of uh, the world. Hum hums around of the hum world. around the world. <laughs> that was like one of those like uh, hands across of America in the 80s. Right, it was like right. a, they discarded it quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, some people think that it could be like some operational activity going taking place well, underneath the, the ground. Here's the thing is New Mexico also, you have the Los Alamos laboratory. Yes. Um, you have like, there's a lot of really weird things happening there mm-hmm. and things that I think are very real also and that have been like affected like have affected the environment and the earth so i think you have not only just like weird spiritual vibes there but you also have literally like nuclear like waste right that's just gone into the right and they did they had like some big um in the 60s they built some huge underground like gas like in Los Alamos? No, it was somewhere in New Mexico. Yeah. It was like some weird thing where they were like mining natural gas and they had yeah. these like big oh. empty gas vats and like oh, right. maybe some nuclear stuff down there. I think they there. do. There's all this open space and I think they do. I think a lot of weird things happen there because there is the space for it, you yeah. know, and not a lot of people live there and it feels very remote. And so I think a lot of like bizarre weird things happen there and so i do definitely when i go to taos one of my good friends lives there and whenever i go there I, like it, it feels weird it like, totally does do you know what i yeah. mean There's yeah something about it and it's also very beautiful but also mm-hmm. you're like this is a, this would be a weird place to live yeah did, did you ever go to chaco canyon when you were a kid, because yes. that's supposed to be pretty haunted too. Yeah. Like, there's some weird stuff in Chaco Canyon. Yeah, and yeah. weird lights in the skies around there. Yeah, I think probably every place in New Mexico, there's probably something. I weird. mean, they call it mm. the land of enchantment, right? They also call it the land of entrapment. Whoa, <laughs> how so? Some people never leave because people never leave. Yeah. Wow. Would you ever live there? Would you ever like retire there? Maybe when I'm like older. Yeah. yeah. When I'm ready for the hum. <laughs> like just to have that. Um, crystals. Yeah. I'll get my crystal. Yeah, I'll just become the witch that I've always, you know, meant. Walk I've out of your house with a halo of crystals around, yeah. you and they just start firing off and yeah, stabbing people in the middle of their foreheads. That'll be me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That sounds really fun. Have you cool. seen the Earth ships in town? Yeah, they're amazing. So cool. They're so are cool. What are the Earth ships? No, they're built out of like all recycled materials, and it's this like sort into of the community. side of a hill. Yeah, they just build them in, so they like stack bottles and tires. But it, the oh. the effect of the completed thing, it is incredible. Like they'll make these sort of like stained glass oh, things out of just bottles. Yeah. Are you looking at them? Yeah. yeah. And it looks like it's like yeah. it's like Tatooine or something. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. solar and they're yeah. yeah oh, dude, that like looks sustainable. Rad. Yeah. They're really cool. I could live there. Yeah. yeah. I, I could There's definitely. Bryce, in... I could see you <laughs> in an Earth ship. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that's where you yeah. and I will be living together <laughs> one day as we're retired. It. 
Uh, Bella, we have a game we like to play with our guests. Okay. It's rapid fire. I'm going to okay. go down a list of things, it's, and you're going to say bullshit if you don't believe in it, okay. or believe it if you do. If you're somewhere in between, you got to choose one. You got to fall on one one side or the other. You say okay. bullshit or believe it. That's your only I say two both. choices. Okay. Yeah. This is a game called bullshit or believe it. Oh yeah, we had a sound effect for that. <laughs> yeah, remember? <laughs> on your mark. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. Get set. Okay. Ghosts. Oh, um, oh, mmm, mm, believe, believe it. UFOs. Ah, bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Believe. Gnomes. Oh, what? <laughs> aren't, aren't, uh, uh, <laughs> the pressure. Um, oh, God, I'm so sorry, gnomes. Bullshit. Unicorns. Oh, believe. Shadow people. What? <laughs> Three dimensional shadows. People see them in their rooms and their homes. Okay. Especially when they're sleeping. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Believe. It. What? Believe it. Believe it. That's oh, I thought first. you were like it, like the yeah. movie. No, and I was no, like, it. Bullshit. Yeah. It. Bullshit. <laughs> Little gray aliens. Uh, bullshit. Dog man. What? <laughs> it's kind of like a Bigfoot, but a dog. Okay, bullshit. Well, you need to read. It. You need to do your research. Parallel, uni- parallel universes. Oh, um, believe it. Lo- uh, the Loveland Frogman. What? <laughs> no one knows what that is yes, ever. <laughs> Although one guy did comment on our Instagram. He's, He's like, like, I appreciate you putting in the Loveland <laughs> like, Frogman on your bullshit. <laughs> that, that was the Shut actual Loveland Frogman. Frog Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's not your He's voice. He's like, I really yeah. appreciate the representation. <laughs> um, I'm going to say bullshit. Mermaids. Believe. It. Heaven. It. Heaven. He's a stickler for the rules. Oh, Heaven. Um, believe it. Hell. Bullshit. Yeti. <laughs> Bullshit. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. Uh, no. ESP. <laughs> ESP. That's going to come up again ESP? later. Um, believe it. Chupacabra. Mm, bullshit. Demons. Uh, believe it. Atlantis. What is that? The like lost continent of Atlantis that Plato wrote about that's supposedly oh, submerged. Sure, believe it. Great. Batsquatch. What? That was David Hole's episode. Oh, right, 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 right. It's a giant winged monster in uh, um, Washington State. That upsets Bryce very much. Yeah, it's controversial on the show. Right, okay. I'm going to say bullshit. Great. Life on another planet. <laughs> you guys seemed really upset. <laughs> Life so on another cryptic. Planet. Um, believe it. World peace. Um, oh, God. I, I, I want to believe it. Peace in the multiverse. Mm, what? <laughs> like parallel universes all like that is there harmony? Peaceful. Is there harmony sure, amongst reality? I yeah. gotta get a high five on those unicorns and mermaids. Right. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's my girl. So yes to life on other planets, but no to UFOs and aliens. Bullshit to that stuff. Um, yeah, I think so. How come? I don't know. I just I have this feeling of like if there's parallel universes, like they're just doing their thing and we're just doing. Our what about thing. other planets mm. that want to come that have that are? But why would um, they be in a in a UFO? Like I think they could be in, in other things. Like they, it could be in like 
dark matter or something. Okay, you know great. I mean? Maybe UFOs are what dark matter manifests right. itself oh, okay. to look okay. like. I mean, yeah. who's to say that the, they're flying You're saucers? Leading the guest. Yeah, well, that was a lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Objection, sure. Your Honor. Leading I... the witness. I don't know that I believe in UFOs as the thing, the flying saucer thingy, you know, with the shadow. Like, I'm just like, that feels too easy to me. Um, Heaven, you said yes. Yeah. Believe it. I like to believe it. But no hell, but yes on demons. Yeah, but no hell. (laughs) But yes on demons. Yes, yes. What are demons to you? I think demons are just the things that, like, lurk for all of us. I don't know, like gremlins when I was four. And then, like, I don't know, the thing that you're, like, scared of. Personal demons. I think demons are real, though. But I think personal demons can become, like, very real. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you Mm -hmm. this. I've never asked any guests this question before. Out of the things that we just listed, Mm -hmm. what is one that you'd be the most excited to encounter and Mm. one that you'd be the most frightened to encounter? Um, Probably a unicorn. (laughs) Absolutely. Be really excited. So scary. Oh, oh. terrifying. So, (laughs) so beautiful. I just think like, you know, the unicorn tapestries. I'm just like, there's no way that like all of those are created and unicorns aren't real. Okay. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? And millennials are really into unicorns. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I have an appreciation. Um, And then what would I be the most scared Scared to encounter? encounter? Um, Probably a UFO. Just yeah. because I'd be like, oh, shit, they're real. <laughs> I should have said believe it on And you podcast. see me in the window and I'm yeah, pounding and it's Michael. fear. For sure. Yeah. I'm like, help me. And a guy in a bull yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah you would yeah. definitely be yeah. in that. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Great job, Bella. Yeah, nice work. <gasps> Thanks, guys. I'll tell you what, it's time for high strangeness, and um, I bit off a lot, a lot this <laughs> week. I have spent 48 hours in like ufology hell. Yeah, right. And let me tell you, I want to just warn our, our friends and family who listen to this show, <laughs> my family especially, help me. Uh, this, <laughs> this stuff is, what I'm about to get into is thick. And uh, I'm 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 barely scratching the surface here. So yeah, I was to speak. surprised. No pun picked, intended. I was surprised you picked well, this one. Well, because I'll tell you huh. what, Bryce. I thought this. Is, we've mentioned this a couple times casually on the show, and I thought I was picking. You know, normally we have a fun encounter story or like a biography of someone who's in this world, and this is a little bit of both. But mm. it is the tip of a very treacly, tricky iceberg, and. Because because of that, I want to provide a little bit of context for our listeners. This okay. this is a weird one, and not just because of its subject matter, but because this is one of those UFO stories that is connected to multiple UFO conspiracy theories that saw its heyday during the 1990s. Hmm. And this story was making UFO investigation rounds when Bill Clinton was president and X-Files was in its golden age. Mm-hmm. And it sounds right. fun, right? <laughs> well, the troubling part is, and I have to say again up front, I am paraphrasing the fuck out of this. Because this world, uh, and this story in particular, is so mired and so bogged down with different personalities, circles, fandoms, and lore. That, that many of the major players that supported the validity of this story, including the man at the heart of it all. 
Phil Schneider were massive right-wing conspiracy theorists who believed that our government was evil, Mm. likely even satanic, and that a clandestine cabal of elites teamed with secret alien races were manipulating world events to make way for a one-world government or New World Order Classic nice. that wow. would destroy our national <laughs> sovereignty and enslave the human race during an age that could only be described as a hell on earth. Oh my God. Yeah. And much, much, if not most, of what we now casually refer to as the Illuminati and their global agenda became popular among certain conspiracy theorists and UFO groups in the 1990s Due to a book called Behold a Pale Horse by William William Cooper, Cooper, which also struck a chord with militia groups, right-wing radicals, including American terrorist Terry Nichols, one of the co-conspirators in the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm -hmm. So we're getting into really weird and dangerous fringe territory here. And in light of recent events... I just kind of want to put everyone's sensitivity like, hey, we're getting we're getting some weird territory here. And I'm well aware of that. Mm -hmm. So while the uh, trust no one fervor of the anti-government paranoia that penetrated alien lore in the 90s isn't as fashionable as it once was in ufology, echoes of what used to be fringe conspiracy theories can be heard today in the over the top xenophobic and racist fear-mongering voices from far-right commentators, white nationalist terrorists, and perhaps the biggest proprietor of conspiracies conspiracy theory, uh, theories currently active, Donald J. Trump. Mm. And when we talk about conspiracy theories on the show not being fun and often downright anti-Semitic, it's because of books like Bill Cooper's Beyond a Pale Horse to thank for that. But I wanted to tell this story because this is ultimately fascinating. And problematic, but I think it's that uh, I, I just want our listeners to keep that in the back of, of of their minds as we go into tonight's high strangeness. Would you agree, Bryce? Just setting the context of yeah, where you, this story you, takes yeah. place mm. in the in what in the era of yeah. I ufology. Think that, I think that's well put. We're kind of past the '90s. weren't as fun as the John Keel years. They're very <laughs> paranoid. No, this is like the, I. This story has been sitting on my possible to do list, but like you, I've always avoided it just because it gets it gets so dark, so heavy, mm-hmm. and it, and it can actually like it can come off sounding very legit or real. And if and if if there is any truth to it, you're like. Fuck, you know, you're just like, yeah. oh my God. it's crazy shit. Um, so I just just want to put that context out there. The the '90s were sort of the dark era of the of high strangeness. Sure. It, no, we're not mm. we're not a fun paranormal investigator jotting down Mothman sightings and not and not that the Mothman stuff was all fun and games yeah. because a bridge collapsed and people died. So, anyway, I take it all back <laughs> tonight. We're talking about the Dulce Alien War. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta let it sit there. (laughs) I'm like, what's gonna happen? Deep underground military bases, or dumb dumbs, were all DUMBs. Oh, my God. Deep underground military bases were all the rage in the 90s. 
Bob Lazar came out in 1989 with a thrilling story that he had worked on Alien Tech in S4, mm-hmm. correct? That's right. I didn't double check that. An underground facility at the fabled Area 51 base. The Denver International Airport opened in 1995 prompting ufologists and conspiracy theorists alike to spread rumors that the airport was hiding a secret underground military base that was run by reptilian aliens hell-bent on helping the Illuminati achieve their new world order. Which it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Obviously. Stories spread Come on, guys. that there were massive man-made underground tunnels stretching all across the United States, a conspiracy theory that recently popped up in a major as a major plot point in the film... Us. Us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. The Dulce Underground Base, or the Dulce Alien Cave Base, is a still-yet-to-be-proven-to-exist military location that allegedly existed underneath the Archuluta Mesa on the Colorado-New Mexico border near the town of Dulce, New Mexico. In the late 1970s, an Albuquerque businessman by the name of Paul Benowitz claimed that he had started seeing strange lights in the night skies over New Mexico. While investigating UFO and cattle mutilation activity in the region, Benowitz believed that he had started to pick up on electronic and radio transmissions between the U.S. government and a clandestine group of aliens, which led him to the location of what he believed was an underground cave base beneath Dulce, New Mexico. Now, there's never been any proof of Dulce's... of the of, Well, we know that Dulce, New Mexico exists, but the underground base, there's never been any proof of its existence. This isn't Area 51. This isn't something that the you, the military has come out and said, yes, this does, rumors no. spread. Well, like, we'll argue that later. Okay. <gasps> but I'm saying the base itself yeah. has never been disclosed to truly exist. exist. Okay. But its legend grew in UFO circles over the 80s and 90s. It was said to be a seven-level underground base shared by humans, our military, and an ancient race of reptilians that were either aliens in some stories, and in other stories, a race of creatures that evolved from dinosaurs. Apparently, this base was operated under the military's black budget. Another big thing that got traction in conspiracy circles in the 1990s, and with arguably good reason. The idea of there's so much money that the military has spent that has vanished. Right. Trillions of dollars mm-hmm. have yeah. ha, are unaccounted for. I mean, we heard it from uh, Rumsfeld himself the it's day true. before 9-11. And in the late 90s, there was apparently some big uh, report in a French newspaper that brought up that, hey, the Pentagon can't account for all this money, all mm-hmm. this black budget stuff. Mm-hmm. So UFO conspiracy theorists were like, we know where it's going. <laughs> it's going <laughs> underground. Sure. Uh, Dulce Underground Base was allegedly the location of mind control experiments. Wow. Hybrid breeding programs, genetic testing, and worse. It was, for all intents and purposes, an evil underground base that mirrored hell itself. Yeah. 
The labs, an underground base in Stranger Things and the underground base in Cabin in the Woods, these are all nods to the legend of the Dulce underground wow. base. So you see echoes of this in pop culture, all these nerds that have read this stuff. In fact, Stranger wow. Things was originally going to be called Montauk, and it was based on an mm. uh, experimental lab that was off the coast of Long Island. Yeah. Let's be clear, though we don't know for sure the existence of the Dulce underground base, we know for a fact that underground military bases are a real Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely, right. without right. No, and that's not a question. We know that. To be true, and also there were allegedly, and I think this is a fact you can look it up, there were Cold War underground bases that were built in New Mexico around this time. Oh, for nuclear testing, yeah. for storage, for you know, uh, have what have you. Is it more just like this one is like the mother of but all? But this one is supposed to be where all the, the bad fucking stuff. bad shit goes down. Wow. They're creating chimeras down there uh they might be creating what we know are the men in black might be made from a soup of dna of humans and aliens and and uh you know um uh uh uh, artificial intelligence like this is where all the this is basically dulce supposed to be where it's the it's the mad scientist lab right. of the U.S. government. Oh, this is where all the it. evil satanic experiments that go against God and nature are all taking place. And allegedly, alongside multiple races of alien beings that are, all, are working with our military to overthrow the world and bring in the new world order. When we get down into some of these plot details, it doesn't necessarily a make unclear. a lot of sense. Well, but think of Dulce as... The nightmare factor. Sure, totally. And that vibes. And and I guess to, to just add to your story, hopefully not jumping the gun or anything, but part of the lore is that has been is that these creatures like or these alien entities, the different races of them, have been there for been underground anyway for four to five hundred hundreds of years. Yeah. And that the military had made a deal with these... Well, we'll get there. Okay. We're going to get there. But I even watched a local news story from New Mexico where some of the native peoples were saying they believed that there was stuff happening underground. That's right. And they think that Bigfoot himself or itself... Lives there? Well, is a byproduct of experiments that are happening with genetic manipulation in these labs. Wow. So... Now we come to Phil Schneider. Phil Schneider grew up in, uh, let me, oh, let me say. So meanwhile in Oregon, while all of this is going on in the 80s and 90s and all this stuff is, you know, we've got your Bob Lazar's coming out saying that he experimented on alien craft in Area 51. You've got Paul Benowitz starting this uh, theory that there's this underground base called, uh, you know, the Dulce Underground Base. Mm-hmm. While um, Stephen Greer's coming out saying that the government is hiding UFO technology and they're mm-hmm. using it to uh, for, for evil purposes instead of benevolent scientific stuff. Uh, while all this stuff and all these conspiracy theories are growing and a big mistrust of the government is starting to take place in the 90s, um, there's this guy, Phil Schneider, who's in Oregon. And he's a ufologist who runs a small print magazine called The Alien Digest with a few friends, one of, which, one of whose name is Ron Rummel. And Phil was part of the patriot movement which has been linked to white nationalist stuff Mm. he was a strong gun rights activist 
It's very likely he had read William Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse. It would track with a lot of things that he said. I'd be shocked if he didn't. And in fact, Bill Cooper came out in support of Phil Schneider when he was later giving lectures about his experiences. Um, Somewhere, uh, I think this is in 1993, 1994, his writing partner, Ron Rummel, was found dead in a park in Oregon. I believe in Portland, due to a gunshot wound to the head. And it was officially ruled a suicide. Phil had decided that Ron had been murdered by a government agent because he and Ron and the Digest were getting too close wow. to the truth of what was really going on with the military and the gov- our government hiding UFO technology and UFO knowledge. So, Phil Schneider grew up in a Navy family. He was the son of Oscar Schneider, a naval captain and master machinist who, according to Phil, was a former Nazi U-boat captain Mm -hmm. who was captured by the French Army and ultimately defected to the U.S. where he became an M.D. in the early 1930s. So prior to World War II, our involvement in World War II, he was expatriated and brought over. This is pre-Operation Paperclip and became a scientist, a doctor and a scientist for the United States. And repatriated, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But he was a Nazi. And a Nazi. And he had been a Nazi. (laughs) Um, So this is his dad. So he worked for the U.S. Armed Forces, and uh, Oscar Schneider was instrumental. Now, this is all coming from Phil and his ex-wife, whose name is Cynthia Dyer. But there are documents that support this, military documents, and whether they're faked or not, I don't think so. But uh, you can look up Oscar Schneider. Like, he, he seems to, this all seems to be legit. Um, And his dad, Oscar, was instrumental in helping the Navy build its first nuclear-powered aircraft carriers. Phil also believed that his father was involved in the top-secret and black-book... in top-secret and black-book military projects, such as the Philadelphia Experiment. Have you ever heard of the Philadelphia Experiment? Bryce, you want to... Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a famed warship that they were trying to run this experiment on to see if they could make it actually disappear. And, they were trying and, to and do invisibility else, cloaking. Invisibility cloaking. Oh. And they say that uh, they actually managed to get this thing to disappear for a few minutes. But when it came back, everything was like... It, it came back wrong. So it came back. Uh, some sailors were stuck in like a uh, a time immemorial. Some were dismembered. What? It was a strange happening. Some and had like radioactive sickness. Yeah. And they were all used. The story is they were using uh, some of Nikola Tesla's some, right. oh technology to right. do this. Now, the Philadelphia Experiment, that's an episode all of it uh, on yeah. its own. Right. But um, but it's important to note that Phil thought that his family sort of had a history in these military uh, like secret operations. Right. Um, Phil claimed to be a self-taught geologist and explosive expert, explosives expert, and he uh, w- apparently worked for a civil engineer and construction company called Morrison Knudsen until his health got so bad that in the early eighties that he had to he had to leave. Um, uh, work due to disability. So he was on disability leave from that point on. Now, his health issues seem to be sort of vague. He had chronic pain. He had um, 
bone issues, like he had like thin bones or weak bones or something. I think he was struggling with cancer. And then by the time we get, he becomes a player in ufology in the 90s, he was in and out of a wheelchair. Oh, wow. Um, and in the uh, documentary that I watched on Amazon Prime called <laughs> Underground, his wife claims that he had been on medication throughout the 80s and early 90s that helped prevent seizures and all this stuff that sort of made him worse and she claims that um and the timeline here is muddled but according to phil's ex-wife cynthia dyer around the time of ron rummel's death his friend uh Mm -hmm. that he was doing the um the uh uh the alien magazine with phil was getting off seizure seizure medication that allegedly unblocked old forgotten memories Phil claims, or claimed, that he began to remember that in 1979, under top-secret clearance, he had actually helped build the Dulce Underground Base as a hired contractor alongside American military that included Green Berets and Special Forces. And that, Phil says, was when he got to the site, he said there were like these four giant cylinders that went down into the earth. Um, and that he they were drilling deep into the earth and they were building this base. And he, re- he looked around and saw that there were all these armed Green Berets and Delta Forces. And he thought that that was really weird. And he didn't understand why there was so much armed military at what he yeah. was, was supposedly just a routine. They weren't involved in the, in the tunnel drilling. They it, were was, just, it was him and a bunch of special access geoengineers and, and people who have uh, top secret clearance to work on those underground caves. But, oh. yeah. So... According to Phil, while drilling deep into the earth below New Mexico, he was sent down into a hollowed-out tunnel in a basket, like a like a, one of those not not like a baby's basket, not like a, <laughs> like, not, like not, Moses, not to put the lotion <laughs> in the basket, but like one of those like you a know steel cage basket, steel cage basket yeah. kind of things. And he's wearing all this like heavy drilling gear, which I think is sort of important. So like padded, you know, probably has a helmet on, looking a little bit like a spaceman. Um, he was sent down into a hollow tunnel in a basket during the drilling operation when he came upon a cavern that was filled with a horrendous stench. Much to his surprise, Phil discovered that he was face-to-face with a seven-foot-tall alien gray that was already inhabiting the cave. What? Alerted by Phil's arrival... Two more foul-smelling greys emerged from the darkness, and Phil quickly grabbed his gun, his pistol, that apparently is a contractor he... He needed. Needed. And shot, immediately shot two of the creatures and killed them. The first creature, however, waved its hand over its chest, and a bolt of quote-unquote, blue cobalt radiation shot out of the being and nailed Phil, (gasps) cutting off two of his fingers and opening his chest up, as Phil says, like a fish. Right. (gasps) Splayed me like a fish. Splayed him like a fish. A green beret quickly came to Phil's rescue, throwing him back into the basket 
and sacrificing his life to save the civilian contractor. Go, go, go! <laughs> A battle between... Yeah, that was great. I love yeah, it. Great, okay. <laughs> A battle between the military and the underground aliens broke out. And all in all, 66 people died that day, according to <laughs> Phil. Yeah. And in fact... Phil Schneider was only one of three individuals said to survive that day. Who were the other two? Well, one is unknown, I believe. The other is a guy named Thomas. Uh, I got to look this up. We only know Thomas Calloway or Callowell. I'm going to look it up when we're discussing. No records prove that this guy's ever existed. There is a transcript of an interview uh, that says, yeah, this happened and and Phil was there. But if you try to look up this guy, Gets he doesn't little... he doesn't exist. Or if he does, uh-huh. that's not his real name. Um, I chose not to focus too much on that, but I can definitely look that up for you. Um, again, this is there are this is such a fucking rabbit hole that I tried to just get the 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 as much of the story as you're necessary. You're the heart of darkness. You're doing great. So the radiation from the alien blast, Phil claimed, had left uh, him with cancer and a mangled hand. Now wow. you'll see in he videos he hand. does. He's missing two fingers, I believe, his ring and pinky finger on his left hand. And people have said that he has shown his, he would show his chest and he had a scar on his chest. Right. So Phil gained notoriety uh, giving UFO lectures starting in 1995 and continuing through 96, lending credence to the pre existing conspiracy theories that the government knows way more about UFOs and aliens than they are letting on, and that a new world order was forming that would strip Americans of their rights, including their right to bear arms unless Americans started electing politicians that had their best interests in mind. He claimed that 11 of his friends had recently died under mysterious circumstances and that he himself was being followed, harassed, and even shot at by federal agents. In stories that very much echo Bob Lazar's own stories of being shot at, like tires being shot at while he was driving cars. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the key points in his lectures was the belief that in 1954, Dwight D. Eisenhower circumvented the Constitution and struck a deal with alien greys from Zeta Reticuli. The pact, known as the Treaty of Gradia, Gradia? Mm. we've also heard this referred to as the Tau Nine Treaty, allowed the greys to abduct humans and conduct non-lethal medical testing in exchange for alien tech alien tech oh my god one stipulation was that the aliens would have to report to the government who they had taken and when right <laughs> however over time according to phil the greys altered this bargain and began abducting more and more Americans without reporting them through the proper channel. They did not yeah. file the paperwork. Right. Not, you're going to have to uh, sign, sign that out there. The uh, and as the story goes, there was nothing that that uh, the government could do about it. So they they purposely broke their end of the bargain, and they're like, "What are you going to do about it? Try something, you know." We're aliens. Yeah, we're fucking aliens <laughs> with blue lasers out of our chest. Yeah. So there's a sad ending to this story. 
which is that in 1996, shortly after Phil had gained uh, a following through his lectures, he was found dead, (gasps) slumped over in his apartment during a welfare check after his friend had not seen him or heard from him in three to five days. Mm. Phil was found in a state of decay, slumped over face first into the seat of his wheelchair as if he had died getting out of his bed and trying to transition into his chair. Initially, the cause of death was ruled as a stroke, but upon further examination, the coroner found a catheter tube wrapped around Phil's neck. Uh, And you might say, well, why didn't they see this right away? Mm -hmm. This is a little gruesome. Unfortunately, I've seen the photos, which I will not be sharing on the Instagram. His body was so bloated that (gasps) you couldn't see see his neck. Basically, his jowls were so covered his neck that it wasn't until they started to do the autopsy or whatever Hmm. that they found this catheter tube around his, his neck. So... They then changed the cause of death to suicide. Wow. And they thought that he had hung himself, choked himself to death somehow. But, of course, his followers called foul play. Yeah. And, in fact, they said that Bill or Phil had said, if you ever find me dead and the, the, the cause of death is suicide, you know I've been murdered. Yeah, he told oh. that to a waitress that he would uh, frequent the restaurant. Which yeah. is... A oh real weird God. way to pick up a waitress. <laughs> yeah, he's like, instead of but a tip, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. tell you. Uh, I'm just going to tell you. Um, even his wife, Cynthia Dyer, believe, ex-wife, believed, and they were divorced before foul he died. Play. It was foul play. She claimed that her mother had had a psychic dream the night before that Phil was found, saying that he had been choked to death with a piano wire. Strangled wow. to death. Of course, no piano wire was ever found. Um... But yes, so that's the sad conclusion to the story of Phil Schneider. And of course, it only went on to amplify his role in the conspiracy world of the 90s. I mean, this is straight out of like Fox Mulder's like playbook. (laughs) Well, that's it for Bigfoot Collectors Club. (laughs) (laughs) So, but here's the thing, like um, a lot of skeptics point out that the stuff that Phil talked about, Dulce, the New World Order, this even this alien underground battle, um, all came from stuff that had already been circulating in the lexicon. In the lexicon mm. And that he didn't really... Uh, didn't really introduce anything new. Mm-hmm. That all these beats of his story were sort of plucked and recycled from previous stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a roommate, and I kind of want to leave it with this. I feel like it's a little appropriate, and, you know, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, um, but uh, while researching, I came across, if, if, you know, this is the genuine article, um, his roommate, apparently, during the time that Phil was giving speeches, and you have to remember, this is the dawn of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, posted this or sent this email to an interested party and he his name is G the uh, letter G apostrophe G Clinton Bill Clinton oh no oh, it's the Clintons oh my god no but he wrote what I wrote about Phil Schneider he said quote 
This morning, in the state of boredom, I decided to look up and see if I can find anything about people I used to know on Google. So he's like doing the old like Google search back yeah. when it was enter- just a form of entertainment. Right. Imagine my surprise to find out that there was a cult of Phil Schneider, who I knew very well in 1977 through 1980. I moved to Portland, Oregon in 1977, unemployed and very short on funds. I moved into a very cheap rooming house, and shortly after I moved in, Phil Schneider moved in. It didn't take me very long at all to realize that he was a liar, and I thought he was mentally ill. His missing fingers. He told me that he had lost them while he was working in Eastern Oregon as a lineman when he had some sort of mishap on a pole. Frankly, I no longer recall the details. It's been nearly 40 years. So not aliens, pulsar laser. His chest wound. I took him to the hospital. Oh, shit. (gasps) One day, as I was talking to other rumors in the common room, Phil came down the stairs with blood on his shirt, saying that he'd been shot. A story he quickly changed to somehow being inflicted by a passing car, having loosing a snow stud, which struck him in the chest, causing the wounds. Oh, wow. No one present believed him, of course, but it was certainly not the time for discussions of his credibility. I took him to the hospital, and after a short time, one of the ER doctors came up to me and, and asked if I had any influence with Phil. I said, not really. And the doctor said, <laughs> well, right, I, I mean, that. to this guy's no, credit, not no, really. I, I really don't know. I, I think we're all living in a halfway house together. <laughs> The doctor said that they would like to keep him for psych evaluation, but had no grounds to do so, and I was asked to try to convince Phil to voluntarily submit. At this point, and having my own suspicions, I said to the doctor, you suspect it's self-inflicted? The doctor <gasps> said yes. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. So he, like, he hurt himself? I did talk to Phil a little bit. Of course, he refused. I wish I could remember which hospital in Portland it was. Unfortunately, I just don't. But there should be records. This happened in possibly late 77, more likely 78, perhaps even early 1979, which, of course, is the year that Phil claimed he was helped digging the base in Dulce. There's more I could talk about it, but uh, more I could talk about, but none of it would be particularly germane. By the time I parted company with Phil, entirely, probably sometime in 1980, I was of the very solid opinion that Phil was disturbed and probably a danger to himself, but not others. I should note here that I'm not, I'm completely unqualified in any clinical sense to say these things. Now, I know that no one has any particular reason to give my testimony any credibility, but there it is. I hope that this may help slightly for some people to be suspicious of anything he said. I certainly was and am. Phil Schneider was not a horrible person. He was certainly at some level delusional. He was, for a short time, a very flawed friend of mine. Hmm. Wow. And that is the story of Phil Schneider and the Dulce Alien War. 
Oh, way to end it! I love that guy who knew him. That's great. Oh my god! Because there's a lot of holes in the in the old Phil Schneider story. But but for those who aren't familiar, you know, I recommend he, you can still find his some of his videos on YouTube when he talks about these incidents. It's so real, and you just believe him. And he's he sounds so knowledgeable about working on these underground military bases. Mm-hmm. His story sounds like it comes from the heart. You right. know, it's just like. He comes off very credible, and so it's it's when you. And you're, it sounds like very like vivid imagery, like yes, like, and oh, then there was yeah, oh, absolutely. But this is then... a snapshot into into mental illness, right? And I there's mean, also you know? like a under underlining theme of like patriotism and right. guns defending right. people, like he and it, because he had his gun, he could yeah, kill the alien. And he's always circling yeah. back on you know they're gonna come for take away our rights including our rights to bear arms. Like, he really hits that on the head. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things that, like, you know, it is a fascinating story, and I want to hear your take on it in a a moment. And look, I know I'm just scratching the surface here. There's a lot more to this, but it is one of those things that when I go in to go, oh, I want to read about this cool story, I'm quickly getting into the quicksand of this, like, very treacherous conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, you can draw a direct line from Bill Cooper to Terry Nichols to UFO conspiracy stuff to Alex Jones to Donald Trump and you it and we really are well, that's living what he does. under the lineage of these conspiracy theories right, some today. Really, like, dark and look, like stuff. Bryce pointed out, you know, MK Ultra was a real thing. You know, uh, the CIA has done dark weird shit. You know, the Pentagon right, has the- come out saying that they have studied ufos and studied uaps and yes there are clearly underground military bases there's a base under camp david i mean there's stuff in and there might be a military base under the denver airport now should we make the leap that it's run by alien races or some secret that was sort of his genius he would weave together this tapestry of all these known (laughs) elements of ufology like for instance there's a lot of evidence and there's a lot of truth to uh you know, the Dwight D. Eisenhower story, possibly, you know, in a UFO landing. There's a lot to that but story. But that all comes from Bill Cooper. And the thing that you have, I mean, Bill not Cooper. The, not the Eisenhower oh, stuff. Oh, he talks about that in right, uh, yeah, the but, Pale but Horse. There's, uh, right, yes, of course. But there's other areas of, uh, of evidence from the, the Dwight D. Eisenhower sure, sure, landing sure. Yeah, thing. Sure, sure, sure. But, but I'm saying this Bill Cooper book, Behold yeah. the Pale Horse, really did a number. I mean, it is the, it, it weaves together UFOs. The Illuminati, right. um, JFK assassination, and it's very anti-Semitic, and it yeah, is very, very white nationalist stuff. Glum it right. all together. So it's, yeah. you know, this is why we're living in an age where if you're interested in UFOs, the YouTube algorithm will start sending you down <gasps> a wormhole that suddenly like, you're watching white nationalist shit. And it's this, like, and web that you, you're just a, kind of, yeah, like, it's, yeah. And find yourself It's a in. slippery... Hot slope with this stuff and this why is do you why think that is though well because listen honestly at the heart of it i think there and this isn't obviously not all of this world not all of ufology by any stretch of the means but there especially in the 90s seemed to be a big pocket of this a lot of this had to do with um there was uh, after ruby ridge and waco and the government fucking up and turning those into bigger messes than they probably would have been. Uh, there was a huge mistrust of the government that came out right. of 
um, the right wing. Mm -hmm. And they saw it as proof that the government was coming to invade um, God-fearing, American-loving patriots that just wanted to have their guns and not pay taxes, basically. Mm -hmm. And the Oklahoma City bombing was, in part, a retaliation for the events that happened uh, to the Branch Davidians in Waco. Hmm. Um, a lot of this stuff is steeped in, uh, you know, white nationalism, KKK stuff. It's It gets really scary. And the reason I think a lot of this is, and we're seeing it today, is it's a byproduct or it's a... Um, UFO, UFOlogy and conspiracy theories attract disenfranchised white men who are angry with not getting the things out of this country that they think that they're entitled to. But then it's this fascinating thing of like they're having to look to this completely outside species that's like coming in right. to their own. Well, it's xenophobic, it's right? The right. It's, it's like, it is yeah. because it goes to the stuff that we're seeing now. Uh, that it's blaming an other for all of your problems. Well, and it's like, it's scary. Like yeah. alien, like the thought of like, a, you know, a huge alien with like blue light trying to kill you. Right, like, right, that's right, right. terrifying. And then and, it's under the surface. And it gives you an enemy to like rally against. Mm -hmm. And it also, I think, mirrors and echoes people's fears of progressivism, of things changing, of the world changing, of being left behind. Now, look, these are obviously uh, topics that are far more complex than we can really get into on this podcast, but <laughs> we are living with the echoes of this shit right now. And 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 there is, speaking as a nerd, speaking as someone who is a fan of this stuff, speaking as someone who's a huge fan of pop culture, of Star Wars, we've seen in the past few years in nerdum, uh, in video games and all this stuff, a very uh, loud minority of typically toxic men mm. that are lashing out at things that they love being taken over by people that they don't involved with them namely women people of color you know and it is it's oh, just in, this, it, in that certain like subculture that, yeah mm -hmm. in that subculture and wow. i think that it's something the internet has always been a home to and a lot of subculture has always been home to whether it's music, whether it's comics, whether it's collecting action figures. Has always been a home to people who like want to want to find a place to belong, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And this is just conspiracy theories is just one of those places where, um, unfortunately, hate really seems to fester if you're not careful. Right. It's like you're you're talking about aliens in like one you're you're like in this one place and then like the next yeah. step over is a scarier yeah. place yeah I mean, and the tricky yeah. part is is that conspiracies do take place you know people right. do conspire right. to do things you know gov yeah. governments included you know yeah uh, and you know just on a side note you can't mention that that paul benowitz character who started getting these uh Right near the base, he started getting these uh, radio communications, mm -hmm. and and they attached a CIA handler to him personally. His name by the name of Richard Doty, and Richard Doty then took it upon himself to start feeding Paul Benowitz with like 
Well, I can't tell this to anybody but you, but what you're getting is is alien communication. What? And the, and he literally drove Paul Benowitz, who had a family, drove him insane. Yeah, uh, he seemed to already have some schizophrenic tendencies. He did, I mean, but I the think CIA he's... really pushed him over the edge in doing so. I saw, and Richard Doty has come out even later and and been like, yeah, you know, that's 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 pretty much par for the course. Uh, but to what means? What do you mean? To what like, means? Why would, re- why would a CIA, CIA guy Well, because they, 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 to be they were working. That's right. They Discredit. were working on secret projects mm-hmm. on that base. And, right. they, and they did. Right. And, and it was also like a, hey, fuck you. You're, you're intercepting our radio com- telecommunications. So it's right. like, Watch let's, what we can and do so to this like guy. So there's like a grain of truth there. It's like they, there is something that they probably were like, don't get involved in yeah, this. Yeah, it's just military I've always tech. felt like the Dulce thing just reeks of the of the same type of ingenue that that the Area 51 came with. For so many times, people were beating the drums. There's a base Mm -hmm. out in the Nevada desert that where people run top secret programs. No, 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 no. There's Mm -hmm. no base, no base, no base. And it wasn't until the late 80s that the CIA were finally apt to admit uh, yes, there's Nellis Air, Face, Nellis Air Base in the desert, also known as Area 51. It was real. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 so many of the same drums are beating for this Dulce thing. You can't help but to wonder is if, there this, something is, to if it? this is a real underground yeah. base. Probably not where uh, they're doing I, like uh, alien uh, hybrid I get, I get, I get the vibe researching this that, that this was, um, I think that you know the the dulce legend was created by people who were very very paranoid and including benowitz and including schneider and um there like you said there might be some grains of truth to it uh but i i i have a feeling that this is more more myth than than, mm, well, than anything. Hmm. We'll see it's about the, that. Yeah, it's the <laughs> grains of truth though that make the conspiracy that, yeah. theories so dangerous. But I but yeah. I, I find that this one is even holds less water than the because, Bob Lazar because stuff. of the that the the main um, proponents yeah, of it were like also a just, little. He, he kind of like ripped off a bunch of stuff that already existed in UFO lore. It really did. Like the he, the underground alien stuff came from Dick Shaver and Bob Lazar too. And apparently Bob Lazar. said that there was some sort of alien. And you know battle. he was also. I remember researching the the Vals, the 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 Valiant Thor high strangeness. I'm glad you said that because and, and he would tout around this Val that Val Thor is the, the, supposedly this alien a Venusian a hot blonde from Venus who came to work at the Pentagon <laughs> and a guy wrote a book about him and, and then. So see, it is real. See, so Phil Schneider, <laughs> Phil Schneider would bring this picture around, and he would say, "This is my dad, and this is Valiant Thor in a red circle." And be like, I'm so glad you there. mentioned that because I forgot to. But to... later on, they found out who that person in the red circle was. It was not Valiant Thor, which is a perfect. I'll show way. you the picture. All he... you need is one one thing to say that's not true. He just looks like a nineteen right. handsome nineteen you know, sixties man. Yeah, and so that and that you know you just start He's to get all these guy. threads that unravel, and here's which is the, great here's because the photo. because it's nightmare. Marish, you don't want what he's saying to be true. You don't. No, you because really don't. it's like... Yeah. This is allegedly Oscar Schneider, right. okay. Phil's dad, and that's Valiant Thor. He's an alien from Venus who's working with the <laughs> government right. in the 60s. And, doc- and, and the Frank Strange is this guy who wrote the book on Valiant Thor. He looks like Thor, Captain America. Yeah. Would carry around this other picture of Valiant Thor, and I'd be like, wait, they can't both be <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because here's you know? another... Uh, somebody said that I think this was Valiant right, Thor, and he doesn't right. look anything like yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it's right. It's all weird. You wow. know what I mean? It's all weird weird 
uh, I think it's important uh, to look at the as it as like for we can find some context of what's happening in our world today in this, mm-hmm. and also it's a fascinating fucking story. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I mean, look, we, I think it's interesting to like see where these stories are coming from. Yeah, and in this case, it sounds like they're from I, like very paranoid, possibly delusional. You know, I think, you're right on the head. I think if people right want to understand yeah. what's going on right now in our fucked up, crazy world, like we should look more into Hell some of this French shit. Like, well, but <laughs> looking right. towards some more, like draw the line. Like yeah. we see where it comes from. There's mm-hmm. a lot of anger. It's a lot of anger, and I think a lot of the stuff comes from anger and paranoia, mm-hmm. and yeah. a, and a genuine fascination with the concept of ufos yeah. you know but some people when they're into this stuff they go one they tend to go one of two ways they either go isn't that cool isn't that fascinating or they go get your guns get your fucking guns <laughs> we're all gonna be right. Right. invaded right which is a net na- i think a natural thing but it's it's very complex right. and i'm obviously no expert i can't say you know whether or not Phil Schneider's, you know, uh, dealing with some mental health issues or not, but you know, he's unfortunately not no longer with us. Uh, it's so he obviously died under very sad circumstances. So yeah. you know, that's too bad. But um, well, I can't wait for you all to visit New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, really looking forward to that. Go on a tour. Yeah. Of <laughs> really looking forward to underground that. alien uh, homes. Uh, fun stuff to do in New Mexico. Or perhaps here in LA, <laughs> or wherever you are, where can people find you, Miss Vela Lavelle? Is there oh. anything you can plug? You've got Shira. I've got Shira, um, where I'm playing a mermaid. Um, oh my god, I yeah. was he watching? <laughs> <laughs> That's on Netflix. Season three just just came out a few days ago. Um, Amazing. So there's Fantastic. three seasons. Hordax in it. Hordax in it. Yeah, Hord um, Hord Prime. There's great, a, there's a great. lot of exciting oh, wow. things. Um, that's and, for you nerds out there. Yeah, and that's on Netflix. Um, and you can catch up on Crazy Ex Girlfriend on Netflix. Of course, Netflix. all four seasons. And, my, and Witch. Um, and Witch. Yes, I have a play that I'm that I'm going to be in. Go see it. And if it's you're called in the LA Witch. Area. Yeah, yeah, which is. And Bryce, feels- you had a question about this play, didn't you? Oh, did I? What? What was it? I think is it I about did. A witch? Is it about a witch? Yes. Okay. So it is about a witch. It's um. It's based on like an old old play mm. um called The Witch of Edmonton by three old white guys. I wow. can't remember their names. Um, but Jen Silverman is a awesome playwright. And I gotta she's, figure out how I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should know her. Yeah. I think. <laughs> now you know. I think witchcraft and 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 Lady Wiccan stuff is making a huge resurgence. Like just. For my my mm-hmm. certain book section that I love at my favorite little bookstore is being sort of overtaken by, by all witch stuff? these I just went witch and Wiccan stuff. I just went into like, an entire crystal shop on Hillhurst. That yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. I know that one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Apparently, they do Reiki sessions there on Friday nights. Oh, really? And Wild. healing bowls. Do you want to go with me? Probably. Let's go because <laughs> I want to check Probably. it out. Probably. Let's do that. Um, Vela, thank you so much yeah, for being a guest on the show. Are, aren't you glad me. you came I, I, so I, bad, right? I had a really great time. And now I feel like there's magic everywhere. Fantastic. And um, you learned a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, about my home state. <laughs> There's magic and Never going paranoid back home. delusion. <laughs> Never going home again. So I promise you guys a fun announcement. Yes. Um, we here at Bigfoot Collectors Club are excited to announce that we are going to officially join 
Campfire Media's podcast network starting next week. Yeah. So we're officially, we got a network now. We're going to be. Like Riley said it, uh, podcast record deal. Podcast record deal. <laughs> we yeah. Pod, yeah, we got a label. We're going to be with Campfire Media. We think Campfire, they make a lot of great shows over there. Marcy Jaro uh, from A Funny Feeling, she's got a show, Cardishanit, over there, which is a great, if you love the Kardashians, uh, you should check that show out. It's very funny. Um, but, uh, and I think that the Campfire, Feels, feels like a great fair. Fit. It's a good yeah. sign. It feels um, uh, great there. So this will be great. We're going to get a little. Uh, we're very excited about it. Just means uh, more support for the show. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. um, better uh, efficiency for the show. Maybe perhaps. Yeah, and growth. If you, you know? have a problem, you can just talk to Campfire about it. <laughs> Leave us out. <laughs> Leave Not us you out. Guys. Uh, but we're excited. So that'll start next week. Uh, if you subscribe to us on whatever um, podcast app, you know, nothing should change for you. But we're just excited to uh, share that information. Bingo. And uh, mm-hmm. celebrate that the show is growing and finding new audience members. Bryce. Yes. Anything to plug? Not yet. Okay. Don't forget to come to our show <laughs> in Salt Lake City on September, Saturday, yeah. September 7th at FanX West. Uh, Riley, anything to plug? If you're in Las Vegas this weekend, I will be playing at the Mandalay Bay Casino. Oh, yeah. For part of Psycho Las Vegas. But the stage that we're on, I think if you just go in the casino, you don't have to have a ticket to the festival and you can still catch us. And we're on Friday night at 9.30. So Killer. come on by. Also... Bryce and I are going to be on Eliza Schlesinger's podcast this week. Ask Eliza anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, not sure when that drops, but keep an eye out for it. Um, and Vela, again, thank you so much for being on the show. What a pleasure! Uh, thank you all to uh, thank you to all you guys, our listeners. Thank you for sticking with us for all these years. We appreciate it. Um, we're coming up on our two year anniversary this fall. I can't fucking believe yeah, it. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, are you going to stick around and do a Patreon episode with us? Totally. Real quick, great. Yeah. Uh, cool. We're in the conspiracy headspace. We're going to hop over to the other side, and we're going to play another round of the conspiracy game with Vela Lavelle. Uh, until next week uh, thank you guys and go get regressed remember those underground memories oh boy <laughs> you're not I don't want to yeah, I have been trying to forget <laughs> that's what happened to my fingers <laughs> oh my god that's a cr- I did not know Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.